Okay, this is different than first service. I got people on like these sides now. I feel like I'm being like swarmed. Um, I do want to start by saying that I am a Purdue fan. Um, I can't believe we let IU fans up here to preach. That doesn't sit well with me. We can talk about that later. Um, yeah, so this is, I got a great opportunity to do this. Um, but when I got this opportunity, um, I was trying to find something to preach on. And I had like, I had a lot of ideas. I didn't know quite what to do, but the one that stood out to me was about expectations. Um, a little bit about me. Um, I love sports. I'm in sports track and track, like, it's hard to have other people. Like, it's track's a sport where you really have to push yourself. It's like you making yourself better. It's not one that works well with, like, other people or it, it's a lot of like a, it's more of a solo sport. I mean, you have a team, but so a lot of times I set a lot of expectations for myself. So when I got this idea, that's the one that stuck out to me of like, I need to preach on this and I wanted to dive more into that. So uh, to start, I actually have a story of my eighth grade year. This was my first, like going into the first race. I was doing the 110-meter hurdles. Never done hurdles before. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done it. I'd been, like, practicing for, like, three or four weeks. I'd say I'd gotten pretty good at it. I'd also say I was the best on my team. <laughs> but, um, like, I was doing good at it, and I wanted to prove to the coaches that I was the best. So I started, like, making myself think, like, all right, I got to win this race. And that, that was the expectation I set for myself. And we're, like, we get to the day of the race, and, like, I'm warmed up and, like, ready to go. And then, like, we get, they call the race, like, we get in the blocks, ready, set, and then, like, the gun goes off. And I, I get out good. I'm out ahead of everybody. Like, I'm doing good. We get to about, like, the eighth, ninth hurdle, like, towards the end. And I start seeing somebody who's, like, coming up on my left. Like, they're, they're getting close to me, but I still, I've still got them. I was like, okay, I got this. I won. What I didn't see was my friend who was done with the race. <laughs> I'd focused so much on winning that I forgot to win. But I, like, that obviously didn't feel good, especially when I crossed the finish line. And he said, great race. And that's when I figured it all out that I didn't win. <laughs> but it didn't feel good, not just because I didn't win, but because I felt like I'd let somebody down. That I didn't meet that expectation, even though no one told me, Jake, you have to go win this race. No one told me that I had to be the best, but I expected myself to do that. So when I didn't meet that expectation, I felt bad for it. And now, knowing there's no chance I was going to win that race, that same friend is like, super good at hurdles now like I had no chance <laughs> I was never supposed to win that but we often do that as humans we set standards that are too far out of our reach that would become unattainable there are things that we think we can do and we like to think that we can do but we just can't really get there or we can't get there right now and for me a lot of times I put this expectation of myself that things have to be perfect that things have to be exactly right, no mistakes. And that's hard to do. No one can really be perfect other than Jesus. And perfection is a hard thing to deal with because you want to be perfect because being perfect is good, 
but it's not possible to happen. So if none of us are perfect, then who can meet God's expectation? If God's expectation is for us to be perfect, then how can we meet God's expectation? Because we've all sinned, or I think we all have. (laughs) I'd be pretty shocked, but we've all sinned, so no one can, if it's, we have to be perfect, and if we sin, we don't get the love of God, then no one can get the love of God. And I don't think that's what he wants. But God doesn't expect us to be these perfect people that do no wrong. He doesn't expect that. He already knows that we can't be perfect. He knows what we're going to do already. He knows when we're going to make mistakes. So this made me think of Judas. He knew, Jesus knew that Judas was going to betray him, yet he still shared a meal with him, and he loved him and discipled with him. And then Peter. Peter denied Jesus three times. Jesus knew he was going to deny him three times, but he still shared a meal with him, loved him, and discipled with him. So if God doesn't expect us to be perfect, then what is his expectations? Well, I looked through the Bible, and I found in Philippians, Paul actually tells us what he does to try and meet God's expectations. It says, As it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. So, initially, that that confused me the first time I read it. I didn't know what that meant. But when I really thought about it, um, Paul's saying is that he's honoring God through what he does, trying to satisfy God. He's repaying his debt for this life that God's given him by honoring him through what he does, and that's how he's going to meet this expectation. That's, I thought that was a good answer, but what does it mean to honor God? We have to honor God through what we do, what we say, and how we act. And that sounds simple enough, but honoring God isn't more, it's not paying for the person behind you or holding a door open. Well, those are good things. That's, that's just being nice. But <laughs> we should do that anyways. But honoring God is more like letting go of a grudge against you that you might have had against somebody or being patient with somebody when they might get on your nerves. It's not being jealous of what other people have in their life. And that last one, I struggled with that last one. I struggled with jealousy. I wasn't jealous, though, of like the people who got like new shoes or got to go do all these fun things that I may not have. I was jealous of my brother. And my brother is about four years older than me, and he's smart, like super smart. He's organized and always like prepared and plans everything out. I'm not saying I'm stupid, but I'm not <laughs> I'm not my brother's type of smart. And I'm usually I'm prepared enough that I can be comfortable to wing it. And I'm definitely not organized. I could think like if you were to look in my room, I could find you something, but you would think it's a mess. I I could do it. It's an organized mess, yeah. But when I was growing up, though, my dad is a lot like my brother. They, he plans things out. A lot of, like, both of them love numbers. I don't like math, so that never worked. 
but we would do a lot of woodworking projects as a kid, or when I was a kid and stuff. And, of course, my dad and my brother, being these numbers and organized people and planning, they would get, like, all the angles right to cut it and measure it out, like, multiple times. And I'd be like, can we just nail it together? And if it doesn't work, put some duct tape on it? Like, it'll, it'll work. And so a lot of times what this led to is me arguing with my dad. Like, well, I don't think you're doing it the right way, and we just go back and forth. At the same time, my dad, like, I had a lot of practices going on, and my dad worked a lot. So those few times I did get to see my dad, we would argue about stuff. Those couple five minutes that we'd get to throw the football in the yard or do something like that was either interrupted by work or an argument started. So we just didn't get along. But I, what I would see is when he'd spend time with my brother, I'd see them getting along, not arguing. So I became to get jealous of that. I was like, well, what am I doing wrong so that I don't have that? So I began to think that I had to be like my brother. I had to be really smart and organized and prepared, and I had to be just like him. When that can't happen, I've spent the past 15 years not being like my brother. Most of the time purposeful. But a lot of times... I would think that I wasn't good enough. Not that I was just different than my brother, but that I wasn't good enough to have that relationship with him, that I was doing something wrong. Because I've always looked up to my brother, but I never looked up to him in a way that made me feel like I had to be like him until then. I had to be just like what my brother was doing. But I didn't come to realize this until... I was at a Wednesday night youth group, and I heard the story of the prodigal son again. I'd heard it before that, but this time it really hit me. If you don't know, the story of the prodigal son is uh, the son, one, the younger son, comes to the dad and asks for the inheritance, his inheritance now. The father gives it to him. He goes off, and he starts, tries to start a life. But he ends up running out of money, and he's broke, living off the street, doesn't know what to do. So he goes back to his dad, and he's all worried about it. He's like, I don't know what my dad's going to do. And he sees me. He's probably going to be super mad at me. And the father is rejoiced. As soon as he sees him coming down the road, he runs to him and hugs him. And then the older brother, who stayed with him and worked on the farm, was angry and upset. He's like, well, I stayed with you, worked with you through all of this, and you're happy for him. And that made me realize that no matter how much my dad and I argued or no matter how much we didn't get along about something, he still loved me. I was still his son. He knew I wasn't going to be the same as his other son. I began to realize that my brother's relationship with my dad was built around things that mine weren't. My brother and my dad bonded over spreadsheets. (laughs) I have no idea how. But they did. And my dad and I bonded in the car rides to sports practice or watching Sunday night football, stuff like that. We, that was when I got to spend time with my dad. That was what our relationship was built around. And that's, I couldn't see that. I expected my relationship to look like the one that my brother had. But I can't have that. Each relationship that God has with us is not the same one.
Some of them are perfect. Some of them, like I've grown up going to church my entire life. I've always had God or a godly presence in my life. But some people don't meet God till they're 20, don't go to church until they're 40. There's different bumps and bruises along the way for each relationship. And so I thought, well, okay, so if we say this is a perfect relationship, there's one end, there's God, and the other end, there's you. And it takes you straight to God. There's no nothing along the way. But this is more what it looks like. There's knots. There's things around. There's things you have to work through. But if you undo the knots, you still end up in the same place. The rope still goes through and ends up on the other side with God no matter what. And that's what God wants. He wants you just to come and get to know him and love him and have a relationship with you. He doesn't matter how many times you go out and get a knot in your life. I mean, sure, it's not the best thing to happen, but he cares more that you still end up with him. You still follow that rope and see him. And so, well, that's still not the easiest thing to do. But it helps to know that no matter what we do along the way, in the end, we'd still be with him. And if there's one thing I could leave you with, it would be don't waste your time trying to live the perfect life that you think God wants. Spend your time living the one you've got for God. Let's pray. God, I, I thank you for this opportunity to come up and share my experiences and my thoughts with these people. And I thank you for allowing me to hopefully speak to someone today and just telling them what you want them to hear. And I hope that we can go out and live a life that honors you. Amen. Amen. Give it up for Jake one more time if you guys would.